Hey everyone, before we start the episode, I wanted to share some exciting news. We have a YouTube channel now. We started posting our episodes with some cool images and videos, so you should definitely go check it out. You can find us at On Wildlife Podcast, and don't forget to subscribe. Now let's get into the episode. Hello, welcome to On Wildlife. I'm your host, Alex Ray. On this podcast, we bring the wild to you. We take you on a journey into the life of a different animal every week, and I guarantee you you're going to come out of here knowing more about your favorite animal than you did before. So last week, we talked about the tiny poison dart frog, but this week, we're getting a lot bigger. We're going to learn about an animal that is largely considered one of the most dangerous animals on the planet. They have massive jaws and a powerful bite, but they eat plants. So get ready to do some swimming, because we're heading to the rivers and lakes of Africa to talk about hippos. The scientific name for a hippo is Hippopotamus amphibious, and you may recognize that second part. Amphibious means partially in water and partially on land, and that's how hippos live their lives, mostly in fresh water, but they're able to go on land as well. And in ancient Greek, hippopotamus can be translated to river horse. Hippos are only found in eastern, central, and sub-Saharan Africa, and they like to live in rivers and swamps, but they need it to not be too shallow because they'll only live there if they can submerge their entire body in water. At one point, hippos could be found in the Nile River, but they've gone extinct in that area because of humans, which we'll talk about later. These are not small animals. They can weigh up to 4 tons and get to almost 12 feet long. That's the weight of about 80 60-inch flat-screen TVs. They can also live to be around 50 years old in the wild. About 16 hours a day, hippos are in the water, and this is because it can get pretty hot in Africa, and it's hard to cool down in something as big as them. And because they're such large animals, the water also helps to keep pressure off of their joints. And when they're not in the water, they're usually sunbathing, but they don't sweat like we do. They secrete two really weird liquids called hipposiduric acid and norhipposiduric acid. A long time ago, people actually thought that hippos would sweat blood because these are oily red substances, but now we know that it's not sweat or blood. Norhipposidoric acid is basically a natural sunblock, and just the regular old hipposidoric acid actually helps to fight against bacterial infections. Because they spend most of their life in the water, they are great at swimming and holding their breath. They can hold their breath for about 6 minutes at a time. And hippos are extremely well adapted to being in the water. For instance, their eyes and nostrils are on the upper part of their heads instead of facing forwards like ours are. This helps them float in the water while also being able to keep their eyes and nose above the water so that they can see and breathe. They also have webbed feet, which helps them swim more easily, and their short legs are actually very helpful in propelling them through the water. So we know a little bit about their time in rivers and swamps, but how do they do on land? Well, they usually come out of the water at night when it's a lot cooler, and hippos are not as clumsy or cumbersome as they would seem. They can reach speeds of around 20 miles per hour on land, 
so it wouldn't be a good idea to try and outrun them. So what do these huge animals eat? Even though they have these massive, powerful jaws, they're herbivores. At night, when they come out of the water, they follow hippo paths where they feed on grasses near lakes. They can eat around 90 pounds of grass every night, which may seem like a lot to us, but it's actually not a huge amount considering how heavy they are. And they'll spend hours grazing for food, traveling up to 10 miles to look for it. Not only do they like to eat grass, but they also consume a lot of shoots and leaves as well. In order to get the food that they need to survive, they have extremely muscular lips, which they use to pull out large amounts of grass at one time. But their teeth aren't meant for chewing, which is why they only tear the plants that they eat in small pieces, making it easier for them to swallow. This method also prevents a loss of nutrients in the food. In some cases, when there isn't any grass to eat, they'll eat dead animals, but this isn't good for them because their stomachs are made for eating plants, not meat. Some scientists think that this behavior of eating dead animals could also be caused by certain diseases. So it's important to know that if a hippo ever attacks a human, it's not because they want to eat the human. They're extremely territorial, especially females that are raising their young, and we'll talk about that later on in the episode. Like I said before, hippos have extremely strong jaws, and they can open their mouths up to 150 degrees. Their bite force is about 12,600 kilopascals per bite, which is extremely strong. To compare between another African animal, lions have a bite force of about 4,500 kilopascals, which is about one-third of the power of the hippo. There's a video going around of a hippo eating a watermelon, and it crushes the watermelon with such ease you'd think it was a grape. So, as you can imagine, very few animals would try to take down a hippo. Only the top predators like lions and crocodiles would even attempt to eat a baby. But now it makes you realize why hippos are so protective over their young. And speaking of making babies, what is a hippo's mating ritual like? And do males compete with each other for mates? You're going to find out right after the break. The person that I want to recognize on this week's episode of Notable Figures in Science is Dr. Gladys West. She was a mathematician known for her contributions in the mathematical modeling of the Earth and her work on the satellite geodesy models that contributed to the development of the GPS. In 1956, after gaining her master's and teaching in a segregated state, she was hired by the Naval Proving Ground, a weapons laboratory, to be a mathematician and was one of only four other black employees. During her career, she was involved in the award-winning Naval Ordnance Research Calculator designed to track the movements of Pluto's position in relation to Neptune. She was inducted into the United States Air Force Hall of Fame in 2018, and she is considered one of history's hidden figures, which refers to people often overlooked for their scientific contributions, often black women. If you want to learn more about Dr. West or this series in general, check out onwildlife.org. Okay, welcome back. So hippos are polygynous, meaning that one male mates with multiple females. They usually mate during the dry season because when all of the females start having their babies, then it's the wet season. 
And during the wet season, there's a lot more rain, meaning more water in the rivers and lakes for hippos to be in. And males have to be careful who they choose, because if a female becomes aggressive towards him, it could cause some serious issues with the herd. In order to find the right mate, he sniffs their butts, just like a dog would do. After finding a mate, the male separates the female from the herd and leads her to swim in deeper waters. Females are usually not interested in mating with the males and will sometimes fight back by scratching or opening her jaws. But when they do mate, the female's head needs to be underwater, but nobody really knows why. The female is usually pregnant for about a year before her calf is born. And when it is born, it already weighs over 100 pounds. And as you see with much larger animals, the female only gives birth to one baby at a time. When she's pregnant, a female is usually very antisocial with the other hippos, and she also becomes a lot more aggressive because she knows that she's carrying precious cargo. One of the reasons why hippos may only have one calf at a time is because the death rate for these babies is so low. And remember, hippos are mammals, so they produce their own milk for their calves to drink. But it gets a little tricky for the calf because in order to drink their mom's milk, they have to be submerged underwater for long periods of time. They become mature at about four years old, but they rely on their mom for food until they're about one. The bond that hippo moms have with their offspring is one of the most important relationships that a hippo can have. You can often see them cuddling and working together on different things. But aside from this bond, there's also a complex social structure within the herd. The herd is mostly made of females and their offspring, and then there's one male who's the leader of the group. They also have specific territories in the water, and hippos are extremely protective over their territories. And the rule of the male is pretty much a dictatorship. Females are supposed to oblige with everything that the male wants to do. Researchers have also observed at times that females can become frustrated with what the male does. And other males can join the group, but they have to be submissive to the lead male. They can get kicked out if they get to be too aggressive to the leader. And when the male babies grow to maturity, they leave the herd and make their own bachelor group. Even though they do live in groups, they can also be very individualistic and at times selfish. They put their needs before the needs of pretty much any other individual in the herd. But we still don't know a lot about hippos' behavior because it's really hard to study them. First of all, they hang out in the water for most of the day and only come onto land at night. And they're also really territorial, so it's dangerous to get up close to them in the water. So now you've heard me say multiple times that hippos are very territorial. Why is that? Well, water is scarce in the places that they live, so they need to protect the area that they have. And hippos have a strange and kind of gross way of marking their territories. What they do is spin their tails and start to poop or pee. This flings the urine and feces in all directions around their territory. When a male hippo smells this, he knows that it's another male's territory. This is actually a pretty big problem for the people that live around this area because a lot of the time they use the nearby rivers and lakes for drinking water. When the hippos do this, they make the water unsafe to drink because of the bacteria that are found in their poop. It can cause deadly diseases if someone drinks this water. Usually when males are trying to occupy the same area, they'll have to fight each other for that territory. 
And you may have seen hippos fight in some nature documentaries. They open their mouths really wide and start to clash their mouths together, using their huge, sharp teeth to try and pierce the other individual. These fights are extremely dangerous and can cause serious injuries and even death to one of the males. And it's tough for the males that have just matured because they have to find their own territory and may have to fight another male in order to get one. So besides using smell to mark their territories, what other modes of communication do hippos use? You're going to find out right after the break. Let's see if you can answer today's trivia question. This is a non-science one. What continent was the world's richest man in history from? A. Europe B. Africa C. Asia D. Australia or E. South America The answer is B. Africa Mansa Musa, the emperor of the Mali Empire in Africa, had a net worth anywhere from 300 billion to 400 billion US dollars. So besides just using their scent, hippos communicate in a variety of ways. Usually it involves sound. They make different grunts and bellows. And just like we have different inflections in our voices that can mean different things, hippos can change the tone of their grunts to convey a variety of messages, although we haven't really figured out what it all means yet. One of the most interesting things about hippo communication is that their sounds can travel through the air and through the water. They can submerge their heads under the water and make a sound, and that sound will travel through the air as well as the water. Their sounds can travel for really long distances too, But what's really crazy is that scientists believe that hippos use echolocation, just like whales and dolphins do. How awesome is that? How are hippos important to the ecosystems that they live in? Well, one of the reasons that they're so important is because of how enormous they are. When they swim through the water, they actually create canals that allow water to run through them during the wet season. Oftentimes, there can be a huge amount of rainfall in short periods of time but nowhere for the water to go. So the paths that these hippos create can help with that. This helps during the dry season too. Water starts to dry up really quickly, but the canals that the hippos make are usually some of the last areas that still have water in them. This makes sure that the fish populations don't die when most of the water dries up. Some parasites also rely on hippos for survival. For example, the monogene fluke lives on the surface of the hippo's eyeball, and leeches also use hippos as a host. Luckily, they're not really affected by these parasites. They may even be immune to certain parasites. Liver flukes are another example of a parasite, and they can appear in calves mostly. But the calves can usually live a healthy life after having them. Another reason why they're really important to the ecosystems is because they produce a large amount of waste that helps to fertilize the plants around the area. Hippos are also important for the people that live in these areas. They can use hippos for food and can also use their hide for a variety of useful things. But poaching has become a huge problem with hippos. Remember how I said they have those huge, sharp teeth? 
Well, people hunt the hippos for these teeth and sell them on the black market, which is illegal. Climate change is also having an impact. It's causing the dry seasons to become drier and there to not be as much available water during the wet seasons. And hippos rely on water in order to survive. That's where they spend most of their lives. Because of these factors, hippo populations are declining. They're listed as vulnerable by the IUCN, and there are only about 130,000 individuals left in the wild. There are some great organizations that are helping hippos and all of the animals that live in Africa that you should definitely check out. There's the African Wildlife Foundation, Save the Hippos, and Save Animals Facing Extinction. Thank you so much for coming on this adventure with me as we explored the world of hippos. You can find the sources that we used for this podcast and links to organizations that we reference at onwildlife.org. You can also email us with any questions at onwildlife.podcast at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at on underscore wildlife or on TikTok at onwildlife. Don't forget to tune in next Wednesday for another awesome episode. And that's On Wildlife. You've been listening to On Wildlife with Alex Ray. On Wildlife provides general educational information on various topics as a public service, which should not be construed as professional, financial, real estate, tax, or legal advice. These are our personal opinions only. Please refer to our full disclaimer policy on our website for full details. Thank you.